Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How you guys do? It's awesome. Awesome day. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it, right? So, um, happy Mother's Day. And I'm actually not a week early. <laughs> so that's a good thing, right? So happy Mother's Day. We just got two of them, right? So um, anyway, um, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for loving us. And, and thank you for being so faithful to us. Thank you for all the moms out there. Um, without them, we literally, literally would not be here. And but Father, I just ask uh, a blessing and a peace upon them on this day. And let them know how loved and how how adored they are, not just here on earth by by their their kids and and family, but by you too. And so we just thank you for that in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So so I love I love Mother's Day. Always makes me think of my mom. So so my mom's in heaven. She still is. She's just in heaven, and and um, I still miss her. She had a huge, huge impact on my life, and and um, I'm so thankful for. Her. She had so much grit. Like she's tough. Like like you know, you think, well, there's your mom. She can't be that tough. My mom was tough. Moms are tough, right? She was tough. She was smart. She had an intuition. And it was like, every time I'd want to go get in trouble, I'd be planning it with my cousins. I'd be out with my cousins. Like, we're going to go do this. And and, um, and my aunt would call us back to the house and say, hey, your mom's coming to pick you up. And I was like, what? Or, or my mom would just show up out of the blue. We'd be out riding horses or walking out in the middle of the country. Here my mom would be coming down the road. And she's like, like like mom why'd you come here she goes I just got this weird feeling that I needed to come get you you know and so I appreciate that about her and I appreciate um what she did for me because she kept me out of out of trouble as much as she could which was a full-time job right and so I do remember when I was a little kid and my um mom and dad pastored a little church and when they went to that church they we lived in a Winnebago Anybody know what a little Winnebago is behind the church? And so, so when we lived in that little Winnebago, like there's four of us, four kids, my mom and dad, and I was the only good kid. Everybody else was, was ornery, right? And so, so we went from that to, to a single wide trailer that they moved in. And then mom and dad got uh, um, some property outside of town. It was like four or five acres. It wasn't a lot, but they raised peas in this field and I remember we got the trailer set in and and um and my dad would dig all the ditches itself but they're like let's go out and let's just get some of the scraps and stuff up and so I'm, we're going out through these old peas pea patch we're in the pea patch right and I remember my mom hates snakes so anybody else hate snakes yes. <laughs> I only time I like them is if I eat them Right. Anybody ever have like we had so many snakes back home that rattlesnakes have to hunt them. 
and to slim them down or else they'll bite cattle and kids and dogs and all that. So, so if you cook snake right, it's really good. It is, right? They know they're from that country, right? And so, so it's really good. So my mom hated snakes. And so I, I'll never forget for several reasons that I was out there and I picked this stick up and I was like, that looks kind of like a snake. And I was like, and mom's afraid of snakes. This could be fun. So I grabbed the, I grabbed the snake, I grabbed the stick. I said, hey, mom, look, a snake. And I threw it to her and she, she catches it in her hands like this, looks down and then just boom, passes out. I thought, I killed my mom. I done killed my mom. I'm in trouble. My dad's running over there. My sister's running over there. I'm just looking there like, I killed my mom. And then I didn't kill her because she got up. And when she got up, she asked what happened. And we told her. And so that very snake become a switch. And, <laughs> and I'll never forget that day, right? But it was quite, quite entertainment. My mom, even though she hated snakes, she is tough. And she instilled a lot, a lot of goodness in me. And without her, I wouldn't be who I am today. And so um, if I'd have listened to her more, I would have saved myself a lot of trouble too, right? But I always appreciate mothers and then my wife. Like I see her, like, like she selfishly always put the kids first. And so it didn't matter how uncomfortable it was or how hard it was. She always, always made sure that was the first thing that, that we took care of. And so that's your mom's heart. And that's the love that you have. And so today I want to honor you moms. So um, anyway, just don't catch any sticks that look like snakes, right? So um, we're in Romans. And I'm going to do Mother's Day from Romans a little bit. But I'm going to do this here because it says, It says, he is the father, I'm in Romans um, chapter 4, verse 17. It says, that is written, I made you the father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it has been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead, he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The Bible says that Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. I was going over here into to Genesis and I just lost my bookmarks. But good thing I know where it's at, right? And I was thinking of several, several moms in the Bible. And now we're talking about Abraham and Sarah, and we're always talking about Abraham, but we see Sarah had a big part 
in, in, in his life too. And so, so one of the things I love about Sarah is, is her original name is Rabbi say was Yiska, which means to see. And then God changed her name from Sarah to, uh, or from, from Yiska to Sarai. And what does Sarai mean? It means princess. And then he changed her name again when he said, you know what? I'm going to give you a child. And you know what he changed her name to? Sarah. And that means my princess. There was something that God took ownership of and said when he breathed that life, the, the letter hey in Hebrew it is a number five. It, and it, it's like like spirit, the, the Ruach Kadesh, right? It's the essence of life. You and you go, hey, right? That's when when you know it's like breathing life. That's how the rabbis like when God took dirt and made man out of it in the Garden of Eden, and he went, hey, and breathed life. And that's what he did. He did it to Abraham. When, when he went from Abram to Abraham, but didn't do it because he was hungry and hadn't had breakfast yet and was thinking of ham. What can I name? Abra bacon? <laughs> Abra sausage? Abra eggs? Ham. It'll be ham. Even though even though he's Jewish, right? His name ham is in Abraham's name and you can't eat ham. How horrible is that, right? So, so but when you add the hay, it breathes life into it. And so that's what God did with, with, with he took, took Yiska from Yiska to see. Now, Sarah went with Abraham. We think of Abram. And then here, Abram and Yiska are going and they're heading out. And you, and you know what? She didn't argue with him. She didn't say, well, what, what about this? She was, she had faith too. She not only had faith in God, but she had faith in Abram. Right in Abraham before he was even Abraham before he was even who we think of as the uh, the man who believed God and God create um, credited it to him as righteousness. But the dude messed up plenty times. Right, gets into the promised land, has to go to Egypt, gets there, he's afraid. You know, guess what? They're going to kill me, so I'll just pretend you're my sister. That went well. What boggles my mind is she didn't kill him, right? She didn't kill him. She was faithful. She, she had grit. She had guts. And what did God do? God went after the king, not Abram. That blows my mind, too. Whoa, why? Because he had a covenant with Abram, right? There's something powerful about a covenant, but there's more behind the story, too. So here, Sarai gets brought back to her husband. And not only does she get brought back, but the king says, here's gold, here's silver, here's riches, here's everything you know. You think he learned, right? No, you know what he did? He gave her away again. Like, I'm beginning to wonder if he liked her. <laughs> like, here, you're gonna kill me? Just take my wife instead. I mean, I mean, what kind of dude? Like, seriously, I mean, I mean, Come on now, right? Like, aren't we supposed to be a guy? No, kill me first. Yeah. Right? Aren't we supposed to be that kind of dude? But like, we'll go down, honey. We might die, but we're going down shooting. Right? No, he's like, I'll tell you what. They're going to kill me. So instead of them killing me, I'm just going to give you to them. What do you think, honey? <laughs> Come on. Like, Really? It's, it's crazy. 
It's so crazy. You can't. He didn't do it once. He did it twice. Maybe the second time he's like, well, it worked out the first time. <laughs> so I'll do it again. Right. And do you know what happened the second time? The same thing happened. And he ended up being blessed. Not only did he do it, but then his son, I just <laughs> right? It's hilarious how, how things work in, in the scriptures. But it made me think too, then God, he gives God, Lot gets taken captive and, and Abram being blessed greatly. And so he goes and he save, saves Lot and then something's starting to click in Abram. And he's starting to get this mindset that, hey, you know what? I'm not Abram. We're not ordinary. We're not common. And they said, said, thank you. All these kings come and said, we're going to bless you because you brought all this stuff back, all of, all of our stuff back, all of our family back. We'll give you all these goods. And you know what he said? I don't want none of your stuff. I don't even want the sandals, the laces on your sandals. That I only want what God's got for me. He said, not only that, I'm not going to take what you are trying to give me, but I'm going to give 10% of everything that I have to God. And what are you saying? 10% to the to the Hebrew mind was when you, if you gave God 10%, you were giving him everything. So he's like, God, I'm going to give you everything. Might as well, he's already given his wife away twice, right? But at least he's given something to the right place, to the right person at the right time, right? And so then you see Melchizedek show up, who's the king of righteousness and the king of peace. And then, then you see in, in Genesis 15, he says, says, hey, Abram, I'll be your shield and exceedingly great reward. And he's having a pity party, like all of us do sometimes, right? He said, I don't know how to send it, right? I don't have anyone to carry on my lineage. And so, so God says, no, 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 you're going to have a son. He's like, you're not going to leave it to Eleazar. You're going to have a son and you're going to give it to him. And, and he makes a covenant with Abraham, right? He said, how do I know this? Look at the stars. Look at the sand. God gave him a promise in a place that was hopeless. A place that he thought was impossible. Not only did he think it was impossible, but Sarah thought it was impossible. Now, can you imagine all they wanted, they had everything at this point. They they had riches, they had livestock, they were driving Rolls Royces, right? They 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 had gold-plated toilet paper if they wanted it, right? They they were rolling, right? Everything was good. They had had, had employees running out their ears, right? They didn't even cost them that much, right? And so so God, God took them to a place where they were blessed, but there was still something missing. Can you imagine that for, for Sarah? She already seen all these people having kids everywhere. And Sarah wanted one. It reminds me of Hannah, who, who went into the temple and she prayed and prayed and prayed to God to give her a kid because the other wife in the family was having babies like rabbits. And here she couldn't even have a kid. So she goes in the temple and she's so brokenhearted when she's crying, the words can't even come out of her mouth. And the priest thought she was drunk. 
And what did God do? God gave her. He heard her. In fact, he heard her so much, he, he gave, gave her a son whose name was Samuel, which means what? God hears. Heard of God, right? So Sarah had to have that same anguish. Here, here's a woman who wanted to be a mom, a woman who wanted to have kids, a woman who wanted to carry on the legacy. And, and she, can, she saw her husband down. Moms, we, you see your husbands when they're down and when they're disheartened. And, and both of them at this point probably felt like it was hopeless. There's no way this is going to happen. So according to the Midrash, you're like, now what is the Midrash? The Midrash is just exegesis, not exegesis, exegesis, something like that, one of those words, where they pull out the scripture, like we do it from, from the Bible, but the rabbis have the, the Tanakh and the Talmud, and then they actually have a Midrash too, which is really just a compilation of what the rabbis have pulled out of the scriptures. Now, if you put the Tanakh, or not the Tanakh, the Talmud up, and did it just paper by paper and stacked it up, be over seven feet high, because there's so much in it. But there's a lot of wisdom in there too. But one of the stories in the Midrash was that, that there's this slave woman, and her name was Hagar. Anybody ever hear of Hagar? So now Hagar, that according to the Midrash, the stories from the rabbi was that Hagar was the daughter of the Pharaoh of Egypt who gave Sarah back. And she saw how much God had blessed them and how much God was for them. So she said this, I would rather be a slave in Sarah's house than a princess in my own country. So she said, I'm going to go with you guys. So she, according to the Midrash, according to, to Jewish history, she had a heart for Sarah. And Sarah had a heart for her. Now, God just makes a promise to Abraham. He makes a promise and says, so shall your seed be. Look at the stars. Look at the sun. Right? And here's Sarah. And she's thinking, oh, man, we got to make this happen. But I don't believe at all that this can happen. And so what does she do? She goes, I got an idea. Why don't you take Hagar? Right? Why don't you take Hagar and, and have a son with her? And so do you know what happens? He does. So it says this. Now, Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my maidservant. Perhaps I can build a family through her. You know what it tells me? This mama was tired. This mama had given up hope. This mama didn't think things could turn her way. So she said, you know what? I don't know how to do this. But I think I got an idea. Anybody ever do that? Like, you know what, God? I know you gave me the promise, but let me help you out. Am I the only one who ever does that? I know there's hopes. I know there's dreams. I know there's kids and some mamas are out there crying and praying. And Father, I just want to see them know you. I just want to see them come back to you. I see my grandma pray that. I see my mom pray over me. 
Lord, just let him survive. Not go to hell. You thought I was going to go there a bunch. I remember my grandma praying for my cousins. You know, every one of my cousins, when she passed, not one of them was saved, but now every one of them are. Love Jesus and are, and are going, your prayers last beyond, well, this lifetime. I want to encourage you. Maybe you're hoping and dreaming for something. Maybe just restored relationships or finances or whatever. God hasn't forgotten you. He's still the God of promise. So it says this. Abram agreed to what Sarah said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarah's wife took her Egyptian maid say, servant Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. They just give each other away. Just like, like, like I'm beginning to wonder if they didn't need marriage counseling. It says he slept with Hagar and she conceived. And when she was and when she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Then Sarah said to Abram, You're responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my servant in your arms, and now that she knows she is pregnant, she despises me. They made the Lord judge between you and me. Now time out. Now Sarah said to Abram, This was Sarah's ideal. Then she's like, she don't like diagnosis. She's like, you did this to me. Now, now it doesn't say they had that conversation back when he was trying to give her away twice. But now there's something that's so heavy and so valuable on her heart that she's like, wait a second. This was my dream. This was what I was supposed to birth. This was what was supposed to come through me. And now look where it's at. So it's your fault, Abram. I just did what you told me. Your servant is in your hands, Abram said. He didn't argue. Do with her. Guys, that's a good clue. Sometimes just shut up. <laughs> right? Save, save us lots of trouble. I've learned that. It took me 24 years to learn that, but I've learned that. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. Most of the time I've learned that. Sometimes I still forget. Near the spring in the desert, it was a spring that is beside the road of Shur. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarah, where have you come from and where are you going? Now, time out. Of all the times we see an angel appear to someone in the desert, here's Hagar running because she's been put out. She, she's like despised and, and feels like, you know what, I'm just participating like I was supposed to do, and now I'm getting in trouble, and I'm going to have this baby, and I don't know what I'm going to do, and she's off in the desert, and an angel shows up. Every other time, pretty much, in the Bible, I see an angel show up. You know what the first words out of their mouth are? Fear not. Hagar always gets a bad rap. But that woman had some grit. Or maybe she was just so destitute that she didn't care. Now think about that. That's some guts. The angel Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside the road to shore. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarah, where have, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my sister, Sarah. Sarah, Sarah, she answered. Then the angel Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. 
the angel added, I will increase your descendants that they will be too numerous to count. You know what he does? He gives her a promise. And I know you're in a bad spot, but you're still a mama. I know this isn't what you liked, but you still have value. Maybe you're out there and you're an unwed mama or you're getting ready to raise a baby by yourself. You still have value and God still hears you. And he still loves you. He said, just come back to me. I'll help you and I will take care of it. Trust me. It says, go back to your mystery. The Lord said, I will so increase your descendants that they will be too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord also said to her, you are now with child and you will have a son and you shall name his name Ishmael. Remember we talked about heard of God, Samuel, Shmael, right? It's kind of like, like Samuel, but it's Ishmael, which means God hears, right? For the Lord has heard your misery he will be a wild donkey of a man his hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him and he will live in hostility towards his brothers she gave this name to the lord who spoke to her you are the god who sees me now wait a second she names her son god hears but she realized you know something there's a big God and he loves me. And not only does he love me, but he hears me. Not only does he hear me, but he sees me. It was something that changed her enough to where she could turn around and leave the wilderness and go back to a very uncomfortable situation. There was a hope and there was a promise, yeah. You know, this might not be the way we're supposed to do it, but you know what? God said, I'm going to bless you anyway. This might not be how, how I, I, I pictured it in my mind, but God said, I'm going to bless you anyway. I hear you. I see you. And he knew us before we were in our mother's womb, while we were knit together in our mother's womb. Isn't that incredible? She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. She said, not only did you hear me, not only do you see me, but now you're the one that I see. So here's, here was a, according to the Jewish tradition, uh, if, if it's accurate, she was a princess of Egypt. And she says, I'd rather be a slave in the house of Sarah than a princess in my house. You know what she's saying? I'd rather be with you than in this, because I see the hand of God. I see all, I see what God's doing through you. I hear the stories of how God brought you out. And I know what he's done, not just from you guys, but from everybody around seeing all these victories and heard of all these victories. They hear of you all over and want to be a part of it. She felt left out. She heard of the God of Abraham. 
the goddess Sarah. I want to be a part of that. And at her almost miserable, hardest moment, God says, you know what? I hear you. And I see you. And it was after she realized that God heard her and saw her that she saw him. The Bible talks about its grace that leads us to repentance. It's his goodness that leads us to repentance. When we see him as he really is, we can't help but look at him and say, you're the one that sees me, but you're the one that I see too. I want to know you, not just in, in a religious manner, but have a relationship with you. She said, she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. That is why the well was named Bear Lahay Roy. And it's still there between Kadesh and Barrett. So we go over and then Abram's name is changed. And they talk about circumcision. Remember in Romans where the Jewish people are all upset? Well, you got to be circumcised now. Why? Well, if you want to know why, go to Genesis 17, 9 through 14, and you'll see exactly why they were so adamant about it, right? Because it was a command, right? And Paul was saying it's not about, it's not just about the flesh, but it's about the heart. He's like, I'm doing a new thing. Trust me. So God goes to Sarah, cha Sarah changes her name to Sarah, which, which um, Sarah was, um, Yiska was to see, and then it was changed to, to, to Sarah, which was born blessed with divine inspiration and exceedingly beautiful to behold. That's what the Bible says about her, right? Watch this. Man, I love clocks. I love clocks. I love clocks. So you're like, well, well, Pastor James, that's just talking about in the Old Testament. I think, I think Hagar gets a bad rap. Hagar is from the Jewish word Hagar, which means this is my reward. Most of the time you see a lot of translations say, well, her name is to flee or to run. And they get that because that's what she did, but God didn't. This is my reward. Who was her reward? The one who sees her and the one she sees. But now it says this. He says, tell me, you who want to be under the law. Now he's comparing and he's taking it. And he's like using this as an example. See, I wasn't the first one that did this. If you don't like it, blame Paul, right? He's allowing Bible to interpret the Bible as always. Tell me, you who want to be under the law, are you not aware of what the law says? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and the other by the free woman. His son by the slave woman was born in the ordinary way, but his son by the free woman was born as a result of a promise. And what it's telling me, he's talking about the slave. He's talking about the flesh. But he's also talking about the spirit. Remember when she left, the flesh left. You can just consider Hagar the flesh. And God said, I want you to go back and submit to the spirit. I don't want you to be separate. I want you to work together. And I want you to flow together. And I want you to work together. But guess what? 
We walk by faith and not by, by sight. It's about the spirit, not about the flesh. Because the spirit's ordinary. God didn't call us to be ordinary. He called us to be extraordinary. We don't live by what we see, hear, taste, touch, and smell. We live by the promise that comes from the greatest promise keeper that ever lived. And now he says this, these things may be taken figuratively. Now remember, like I love the figurative looks, this kind of stuff, because it brings and draws that out in a lot of stories. Now it's very Jewish. It's very, very like a, the rabbis do it a lot. And you can see it out through history. And that's, that's what Paul's doing right here. He's saying, these things may be taken figuratively. See, I said it could. For the, women, for the woman represent two covenants. One covenant is from Mount Sinai, which could be from the rocks on the mountain, or it also is a sword, right? And I don't have time to even go into that. One covenant is from Mount Sinai and bears children who are to be slaves. This is Hagar. This is my reward. Now, Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and it corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem because she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem that is above is free and she is our mother. For it is written, be glad, O barren children who who bears no children, break forth and cry aloud, you who have no labor pain, because more are the children of a desolate woman than of her who has a husband. And then it says this, now you brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. At that time, the son born in the ordinary way persecuted the son born by the power of the spirit. It is the same now. But what does the scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman and her son, for the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. Therefore, brothers, we are not children of the slave woman, but of the free woman. How did God keep his promise to Hagar? You got to Dubai, man. I mean, check it out. Go to the UAE, go to Saudi Arabia, go all over. God kept his promise. It's Abraham's descendants too, but that's born in an ordinary way. The Jewish people, that's what Paul's saying, is you're born in an ordinary way. Born through the flesh. Also born of the spirit. What he's saying, don't walk in the flesh, but live from the spirit. Know who you are. That's what separates Hagar from Sarah. One, was ordinary and common, Other was a miracle birthed by God himself. He's our mother. Are we going to live under the law? Are we going to live under grace? We have another mama. Her name's Grace. With Paul saying right here, and she loves you. And she identifies with all you mamas out there way more than you could ever dream. Amen? Amen. So, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being there for us. Thank you for just 
given us your promises. I know your promises are yes and amen. Encourage mamas today, even those who are having great days and some who aren't having such a great day, just let them know that you hear them and that you see them and let them see you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.